Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We are back with Rick Sterling, our space expert. We'll take calls with Rick next hour. Rick, back to the President Trump initiative for 2024. Where does it stand right now, and what needs to be done to get this thing really rolling? Uh, what needs to be done is for the public to call in. I hope you have the numbers that I gave We've you. We've got the links up there. Yeah, have them call in and say, we want, those are to the heads of the House and Senate Appropriations Committees and Subcommittees, and they are the people that fund NASA. Now, as it stands now, it looks like the Senate probably will uh, will, will give it. It's in the House where the, there's a little bit of resistance. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, that, but, George, this is not a partisan issue. You know, of this course is not, not a Republican no. issue. This is not a Democratic issue. This is a United States issue and possibly a world issue. Yep. So get away from the idea, you know, that this has anything to do with partisan politics. There are partisan politics in funding of things, but this concept of of uh, manned uh, lunar exploration, Mars exploration, uh, possible existence of intelligent extraterrestrial life. That goes way beyond uh, just, uh, you know, partisan politics. So, um, uh, you know, whether they be a Democrat or a Republican, uh, we should contact our elected representatives and request that they, um, uh, you know, fund this program. It's very, very important. I think it's important for another reason. Um, and it goes back to President Kennedy. Uh, the idea of creating hope, especially in the in the young people of the country, and mm-hmm. inspiring them to to study science and math, which is one of the reasons NASA gives in their statements about this. Uh, it's very important that the young people have something very positive to focus their minds on, and something like this is just exactly what they need, and we need more scientists in this country. We need more physicists and astronomers and biologists and medical doctors, etc. What was it that got the president to want to go back on uh, the moon I, in 2024? I, I have no idea. Um, I do know that, I don't think it was something that just happened all at once, because uh, when the vice president announced this on the 26th of March at a, at a meeting of the uh, National Space Council, and I might mention he is uh, an excellent, uh, not only excellent vice president, but uh, uh, an excellent chairman of the National Space Council. Um, uh, there had been some discussion in earlier meetings of the National Space Council dating back several months uh, among the advisory uh, board that advises the National Space Council, and they had recommended, you know, they, I think Mike Griffin, Jack Schmidt, I have to, I think those, and several other ones had recommended, hey, this is too long. 2028 is too long. And they wanted to get this done much earlier. So I, I think it's, it's, it's basically, uh, several things. It's, it's a desire. It's, it's advice that's been going through the National Space Council that we, you know, we want to do this faster. And they felt a great nation should be able to do it faster. And I think there's another reason that was mentioned by the administrator of NASA. In an article, or an interview he gave in, it's called "NASA Administrator on New Moon Plan." We're going to this. We're doing this in a way that's never been done before. This was in the Verge website on May 27, 2019. The author is Lauren Grush, and she basically asked the administrator Bridenstine. I'll, I'll read you the question. and I'll give you his answer. Okay. Given everything we've talked about, do you have one big concern about making this plan a reality? What is the biggest challenges for you guys, and how do you plan to overcome these hurdles? 
You have identified the biggest risk. This is the administrator talking. You have identified the biggest risk, which is political. And that's why we're not on the moon right now. It's, in fact, why we're not on Mars right now. Way back in, we go back to 1972. It was at that time we had a person on the surface of the moon. And there have been many efforts since 1972 to return to the moon, and they have all failed. And they have not failed because of NASA. They have not failed because of technological capabilities of this agency. They have failed because of the whimsical budgets that come from politicians. And then he says, so that's one of the reasons it's important to accelerate the program. In other words, to get the first moon landing to 2024. And then the administrator says, continues, as the program goes longer and longer, what happens is priorities change, budgets change, administrations change, and each one of these things result in additional political risk. So, I, you know, I think he's basically saying that if, 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 we, if we don't do this now, he has concerns that if we get into a new president in 2024, that person may decide to cancel this. So it, there is a, you know, a political motivation, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with the president trying to have a big victory at the end in his second administration. Right. Uh, I hope he does have that administration. It has to do with a concern by, I'm assuming, him and the uh, and, and the people in NASA, like Mr. Bridenstine, that if if, he, um, if we don't get this done fast enough, the next president might cancel. Remember, President Obama canceled. He canceled president a lot of programs. Project Constellation. That's right. President Clinton basically canceled uh, the uh, space exploration initiative under the first President Bush. So we don't want to have a third time. If you get this landing done in 2024, and I think it's technologically possible, uh, I think it's it's uh, something that can uh, you know that's not impossible by any any means. Remember, we've got much more advanced technology than than we had in uh, 1969. Oh when Fifty year ago technology for crying out loud! Oh, it's unbelievable. The tech, if if they had had the technology we had, they'd have been there in six months. <laughs> I mean, this you know this this technology is incredible. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. The technology we have now is straight out of science fiction, and it's uh, it's just incredible. Now, I have no doubt we can do it, but we need to start getting it funded this year. The president has requested an additional 1.6 billion dollars to uh, you know for additional money for his unmanned missions to do his uh, you know check out the South Pole, look for water, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, also to get mainly uh, to to uh, to make sure that the space launch system uh, is uh, made operational as soon as possible. Just the big rocket that will carry the Orion spacecraft, the successor to the Apollo command module, the command service module, the new manned spaceflight uh, space vehicle of the United States. That that he requested about 600 more million to do that, and then about a billion to fund the, the actual lander. Mm-hmm. And uh, that lander is very very important and. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm assuming that we know that the f- increases in the future are probably going to be more than that. We don't know how much NASA hasn't announced it, but there'll be, you know, it'll be a significant amount. But remember, this goes back to the artifacts. That if you can show that this part, well, well, and that could be a reason they're going back. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't accept it. I think it's a reason why we should investigate it, though. I, I don't think the reason the president started it program had anything to do with artifacts. All right. I do think that this, uh, um, these, these structures that we, you know, that we've identified, the Society of Planetary Study Research, 
I do believe that uh, we should send uh, rovers there, as, as Dr. Carlotto said. And mm-hmm. NASA has a program, which is part of the President's program. It's called Commercial Lunar uh, uh, Payload Services. It's, it's basically small landers and rovers. I think it's very important that one of these early uh, missions, since we know a lot of them are going to be sent to the South Pole, and this object, these structures are at the South Pole, I think it's very important that uh, we send one over there and finally make a determination what this is. Now, I'll tell you, George, if it is determined that this structure is an artifact, I can tell you what's going to happen to the NASA budget at that point. It's going to be quadrupled virtually. Right, it'll go through the roof. Oh, it'll be way beyond what President Kennedy had it at. I mean, it's going to be incredible. You know, with that type of money, you know, 50, 60, 70, who knows, billion dollars a year, uh, we're going to be exploring and colonizing virtually the entire solar system in a very near future. So this is why I think it's so important that the public call in and do two things to these four uh, people that I mentioned. Um, uh, you know, the Appropriations Committee Chairman and the Subcommittee Chairman. One, that they request that, uh, that, these, that these committees fund President Bush's, uh, President Bush, I'm sorry, President Trump's plan. And secondly, that they, uh, NASA send a rover to this particular spa- uh, uh, structure, the Paracelsus Sea on the far side of the moon, to determine, uh, you know, what these things are. And uh, yeah, like I say, if, if it's proven that something here is an artifact, you know, it's a whole new ball game at that point. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's it's it is one of the wonders of the world. I think if we find out that there are artificial structures out there, then you have to try to ascertain how they get there, when they get there. Yeah, and who who built them? And who made them? Yeah, um, I think uh, you know. There's a scale of uh, civilizations. Carl Sagan always said we weren't even at one yet. I think it put us slightly below one. Well, so and you know Cardus, if they... Cardus, 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 if, if they right. went to the moon, Rick, you know they came here. If they came from outside our solar system. But let me ask you this possibility. Okay. What if, and I've had some guests on who believe that civilizations on this planet are much older, had much more technology than we think. What are the possibilities that civilizations from Earth... Millions of years ago, way beyond what anybody even thought we were, had that kind of technology. Maybe something happened to the planet, they blew themselves up, who knows yeah, what happened. I, I, the theory of an advanced technological civilization, I actually believe that. I don't know if you've ever heard of the research of uh, uh, Robert, um, Dr. Schock, I think, at Boston yeah. University. Yeah, absolutely. Who's done an extensive study. And I recommend everyone to get his book, The Origins of the Sphinx. It's an excellent book. He's, a he's been on the program before. He's uh, a geologist, geophysicist, and mathematician. And uh, he's basically looked at different types of erosion features on the Sphinx and determined that the Sphinx is much older. Uh, there's another problem with the uh, the pyramids of Giza and the Sphinx that's even, in my mind, it's even more incredible. Not only does it is it obvious through Dr. Schock's research that the Sphinx is much older, there's no explanation how these structures got there in the first place. Exactly. Uh, you know, they're beyond any technological. We don't have even remotely the technological capacity to build the, the pyramids of Giza now or the Sphinx. Some of these uh, blocks, you know, 20, uh, 20 tons, 100 tons or more, 
you know, and, and some of the ancient structures on Earth, like the uh, temple in, in, in Lebanon, the Baalbek, I know it's, it's proper pronunciation, 2,000-ton uh, foundation there. You know, they, you're talking about huge, massive structures. Whoever built them, I think it's probably probably true. And this is just speculation because nobody's ever proven how they did it. But you're going to have to control gravity. You know, you're going to have to control gravity. And then when you get into gravitational control, you're getting into uh, multidimensional physics, uh, you know, the, the, the physics of the zero-point energy and things like that. I don't see any other explanation. I don't see how anybody could build something like that unless they were able to control gravity. Okay, the, if we assume there's other civilizations, you know, in ancient, I don't know about millions of years, maybe, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of years. The theory of Atlantis, you know, Atlantis has been called a, a lot of things by a lot of people. The ancient, uh, 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 the uh, the Egyptians called it, I think, a menti, and the in um, the, the people in the in the uh, British Isles called it Avalon. In the South American, they called it Atlan after you know the Aztecs, similar to the Aztec name Aztec. But uh, you know, there's a lot of things that just can't be explained uh, by without having some sort of earlier technological civilization. Dr. Colado has written an interesting book on that too. You can go to his website beforeatlantis.com and get a copy. No, well, maybe these but, artifacts then maybe we built them. It's possible. It's possible. Um, or maybe, uh, you know, if this technological civilization that existed was as advanced as I think it was, it's way beyond our present capacity. Right. Now, you know, we don't know... Uh, we don't know what... Uh, there's the theory that some of our ancient civilizations had contact with extraterrestrials. That's also a possible. In a civilization that's, say, 500,000 years ahead of us on Earth, you don't know what contacts they might have had. You know, we don't we don't know who, where some of these ancient civilizations that could have been on Earth came from. You know, there's a theory some of them were extraterrestrial. I don't know. I, I'm inclined to think they were more earthly civilizations. But whether or not they had some sort of contact with some other extraterrestrial civilization, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. You get something that advanced, anything is possible. Well, and then when you look at Genesis and the Bible, if you look at it not in a religious sense, but in a extraterrestrial sense, it sure makes a lot of sense that these extraterrestrials came down to planet Earth and everything else. I mean, lots of things happened a long time ago, Rick. We just don't know what's going on. Yeah, we don't know. It'd be nice if we had H.G. Wells' time machine. We could oh go back my and gosh. Just, uh, analyze everything and know, you know, a lot of our history is gone and it's, it's been lost, uh, the prehistory of the planet, you know, long before uh, Egypt and if Atlantis did exist, and I think there's a reasonable possibility something like that existed, we 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 don't have the the data to verify it at this point. Now there's there's a so-called Hall of Records that Edgar Casey talked about right. you know, in, underneath the the Sphinx. The Sphinx, or, the or there's one in Bimini, and then one in Central America. Yeah, there's a couple of them there. Um, the question uh, that I've always thought, and this is just speculation, I've often wondered: Is the Hall of Records in Giza just referring to a chamber underneath? Sphinx's pause, or does it? Ref- is that a general term that could refer to a series of chambers mm-hmm. underneath the Giza plateau, possibly even extending beyond? And if the the pyramids of Egypt are a reflection of the um, of some of the stars, whether it be Leo or the Osiris and the um, Orion constellation, if they're a reflection of that, is it possible that this series of chambers underneath? 
which Edgar Casey would have called the Hall of uh, Hall of Records, is it possible that they also mirror some of the stars that existed in say 10,500 BC? And is would it be you know an entire star map? And is that star map the key to finding and locating the Hall of Records? That's an interesting theory that I. Have. Oh, it sure is. This is fascinating. Now. Uh, between Russia and China, I think between the two, I think China might have the leg up to get to the moon before Russia. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, they're, they're putting the, the latest estimate I've heard is around $8 billion plus in their in their space budget. Uh, they're second to us. Uh, Russia's not putting that amount in. And no, so they don't have it. They're, they're doing an excellent job. Uh, you know, one thing we could do on this Parcellus C is that the... Uh, the Chinese basically are willing to let us use their relay satellite. There's, there, you know, there were some discussions I think uh, several years ago. I know we took photographs of their uh, lander, lander and their rover when they landed. We should go together, all of us. Yeah, I think we know? should just contact them. If we don't want to spend the money, we'll just use theirs. I mean, they're willing to do it. They've already stated they're willing to let you develop that relay satellite that they have on uh, circling uh, the Libration Point Two, Earth Moon Libration Point Two. They've already said they're willing to, to let other international have international uses, so uh, I think we should ask them. That would be a way of getting out of the, you know, uh, communicating with rovers on the backside, including a rover at the Paracel at Sea. But uh, I think, yeah, I, you know, I'm inclined to think once the Congress, whether it be Democrat or Republican, start to understand what may be up there, you know, structures like our Celesty, I think they're going to be much more willing to fund this. And Like I say, it's very important that the public contact them with your uh, links that you have on your website and, and say that. Say we want President uh, Trump's uh, program, Moon Program 2024 program funded, and we want our rover to go near this area and see what it is. Because I, you know, I... I think it's a very reasonable possibility. I think probability, but we'll, we'll see when they when the rover gets there. Hopefully, and I have an old yeah. saying, Rick: We won't know unless we go. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.